0: This is Generation Justice, a multimedia project that trains youth to harness the power of media. I'm Andrea Rivera.
1: And I'm Jonathan Alonso. It's Pride Week, and tonight on Generation Justice, we bring you the story of Zane Stevens, co-director of the Transgender Resource Center of New Mexico.
0: Zane Stevens will speak about the center's evolution and the importance of finding support in the community.
1: And our cool community calendar will keep you up to date on the events happening around town. We'll also bring you our latest installment of the resistance headlines.
0: But first, we're going to start things off with some music. Here's People Like Us by Kelly Clarkson. Zane Stevens is the co-director of the Transgender Resource Center of New Mexico.
1: The Center works to support, assist, educate, and advocate for transgender and gender nonconforming communities and their loved ones.
0: Zane recently spoke with Generation Justice Fellow Christina Rodriguez about the center's growth and the support they offer our transgender and gender nonconforming community members. Let's hear what they had to say.
2: This is Christina Rodriguez with Generation Justice, and I am here with Zane Stevens, co-director and co-founder of the Transgender Resource Center of New Mexico. Welcome to Generation Justice, Zane. Could you please introduce yourself to us?
3: I'm Zane Stevens. I'm the co-director at the Transgender Resource Center of New Mexico. Um, I split my time as a kid between Albuquerque and a little town in southwest Oklahoma. So I'm, I wasn't born here, but I'm basically from here, um, so I'm sort of a hybrid.
2: Can you tell us more about how the Transgender Resource Center of New Mexico got started?
3: Uh, My co-director, Adrian Lawyer, um, and I met in 2006. And um, I was recently discovering that I was transgender. I didn't know that folks like me existed. I had a very sheltered young adulthood. I didn't get it. And he was the first trans man that I had met. And I realized, like, oh... Like, you're, I can see myself in, in you. Like, I got it. I think now I can figure this out. Um, and we got to be really good friends. We're not only co-directors, but he's my best friend. And he was a big support for me when I started a transition. And I had somewhere to go to ask the weird questions and to ask the silly things and um, someone who would celebrate the small changes that were happening and someone who would help me get through the tough stuff, too and um, we realized that it was really hard for people to find access to doctors or therapists or providers of any kind community support Um, and we thought well maybe we can do something you know we have some skills we can do something and um, the very first thing we did was put up a website because that's free (laughs) right basically free And I had a computer. And so we were like, well, we'll just gather resources from folks and see who people are seeing and which doctors are they using and which therapists and um, which like social events or community things are they going to. And we'll just put them out there. And then we realized that the need was so much greater and way more than we ever understood. And so we had to do something different. We had to try to make a space where people felt protected and had someone who cared about them and found a way to find community. Right. That wasn't necessarily us. Right. But to be able to even just provide space for people to get together and make new friends and realize that they weren't all alone and, you know, make relationships that would then help sustain them. It's important to acknowledge that someone like me who is white, who's trans transmasculine, um, I'm at a certain stage of my transition where I do conform um to a binary box that most people can identify, whether I feel like I fit in there or not. And so like the barriers that I might come up against are are not the same. They're almost non-existent, right? If we're talking about employment or housing or accessing medical providers or any of those things, right? I have a college degree, like I I have a lot of privilege. And so I think the barriers that trans people face When we talk about that, we have to talk about the barriers that trans women of color face. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about trans people that look like me most of the time. I'm not saying that violence doesn't happen to everybody, but it doesn't happen in the same numbers as it does to trans women of color. And so there are barriers on every front, employment, housing. You know, a lot of folks uh, that I know and from stories that I've been told People got pushed out of their families of origin at very young ages, 12, 13, 14 years old. You can't navigate the world at that age. And they have, and they're doing it, and doing it brilliantly. But then you wind up getting into situations where maybe then you have um, an arrest record. And then maybe, you know, you didn't get to finish school. And you may be struggling with things like substance use because you have to do what you have to do to get by. And in our like mainstream dominant society, you know, like white mainstream culture, none of that is okay. Being a person of color isn't okay. Being a woman isn't okay. Uh, You know, uh, being out on the street isn't okay. Having to, you know, engage in sex work isn't okay. Like none of it is okay. So everything is stacked against you and it's, it's virtually impossible To knock down all those barriers to get what you need and to try to do something different if you wanted to. I want it to be different. I want to say like, oh, well, the barriers are just like anything else, but that's not real. We all have overlapping identities and communities and things about us. We're super complicated as humans. But, you know, trans people of color and definitely trans women of color have to fight every single day of their lives just to exist.
0: Zane, that was beautiful. We'll rejoin the rest of Zane's interview right after the song. Here is Comfortable by Lontalius.
1: Tonight, we're speaking with Zane Stevens, co-director of the Transgender Resource
3: Center of New Mexico. Let's get back
1: into his interview.
2: What are the kinds of barriers that the Resource Center faces?
3: I wasn't sure that anybody, when we first started, thought we would make it. And so far, we're still here. We've had a physical location for five years. And that's a long time for a little scrappy nonprofit who had really nothing. We had nothing. We didn't work for nonprofits. we weren't part of that sort of um, structure and you know I think I think we're willing to learn from our mistakes. I know that I am willing to say when I am wrong, that I didn't understand something that my privilege got in the way that I don't know what it's like to encounter some of those difficulties that some of our folks face. And so I think we're really able to use that to our advantage. I know I am able to use that to my advantage for the organization to say, like, we need to get better at this. We need to understand something more. We need to continually be improving ourselves and our analysis of what's happening in the world. And we also need and continue to learn when to step out of the way. I'd love for the be able to shut the door one day on the center and say, we don't need this anymore. People have a place to stay. They have people who care about them. They have community. They are not facing the same types of discrimination and hate and violence. I don't know if that'll happen, but I think we're, we try really hard to use all of those things and community involvement, right? It's not the the Adrian insane center. It's the Transgender Resource Center. It's a community-based organization. And so I think we've tried really hard and continue to, to make sure that the community as a whole, to the best of our ability, are helping decide what's important and what isn't, and what we should work on and what we shouldn't, what services we should add and what we shouldn't. And I think we're at that place in our little evolution where that has to be the, the main driver. And one of the biggest privileges in my life is to be able to work with and for the folks that I see every day who are really struggling at the Resource Center. And now often when they leave, they say, I'll see you tomorrow, Zane, and I love you. And that that makes it worth it. I can't fix it. I can't change it. I can't magically make everybody have a place to stay, which I wish I could plop everybody in their own house and remove all their barriers, but that's not my place. And if all I can do is say I'm, I'm here and I don't understand, but I'm here. And if that somehow helps, then that's all I need.
2: What would your message be to people in New Mexico who are struggling?
3: I think my message to folks who are struggling It's probably twofold. And I think it's, you know, if you're able to find, find a place where you are accepted, find, even if it's one person, even if it's two people, like find a place where people see you and acknowledge you and care about you because you have, you know, you have to find your way. And if that will you know, that often, I think, causes people to be more resilient because they do have someone to lean on, right? And, and ask for help, be willing to ask for help, whatever that looks like, right? And knowing that no matter what is going on today, it's, it's not permanent. It, it changes. I can't tell you what will happen five minutes from now or tomorrow or next week. So if you can find a way to just hang on a little bit longer, it will shift. Because you're worth it and people care about you and you have something valuable to offer us that we don't even know yet. And I just hope we get the opportunity to find out what that is before people decide they just can't. And so I think having community support no matter, you know, of some kind and really knowing that it, it will shift.
2: Thank you so much, Zane, for joining us today. And thank you for all of the important work that you're doing here in New Mexico. This is Christina Rodriguez with Generation Justice.
1: Zane, as a youth who has many transgender friends, your words have really impacted me. Seeing the struggle that my trans family and friends have to go through on a daily basis makes me appreciate organizations like yours and the amazing and vital work you guys continue to do to support our trans friends, family, and loved ones.
0: Thank you for your beautiful and supporting words. Now, here is Halo by Beyonce.
3: Remember those walls I built? Oh baby, they're tumbling they didn't even make the sound i found a way to let you win, but i never really had
1: welcome back to generation justice
0: now let's get back into some music here's sexy when i dance by nielsen followed by titanium by david getta featuring sia
1: and remember you can check out all of the music played on generation justice by visiting kunm.org and clicking music Ooh, yeah,
2: ah yeah,
0: ooh. Sexy as I dance.
1: Yeah. Ah, feit je wat het is? Ik heb geen goede moves,
0: maar zie.
2: Humanidad by Anna Tijo. Vivir cada día como si fuese el primero, y si es mi último día, aún así sería el primero. Ser feliz para mí es
1: este momento, abrir mi ventana, sentir el viento, perder el aliento. Vivir a pulso, sentir el curso de las cosas según el impulso, su verdadero transcurso. Natural, me ser, me comerme la vida, llegar hasta el cuesco, empezar de nuevo mi partida. We've come to the end of another great show. We'd like to thank our guest, Zane Stevens, for sharing your powerful and inspiring story with us.
0: Production assistance came from Alicia Hernandez, Cristina Rodriguez, Kateri Zuni, and Roberta Real, And thanks to all of our youth producers, we cannot do what we do without you.
1: Stay connected with us. Check out our website, generationjustice.org, where you can listen to all of our past radio programs, see music playlists, read our blogs, watch videos, and so much more. Also, our podcasts are available on iTunes, so be sure to subscribe and rate us.
0: We're also active on social media, so make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram.
1: Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. With additional funding from the McCune Foundation, Con Olma Health Foundation, the Albuquerque Community Foundation, and of course all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking donate. I'm Jonathan Alonso,
0: And I'm Angie Rivera. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock.
1: Good night, Nuevo Mexico, and have a wonderful week. I'll leave you with this last thought. When I find myself in tweets of trouble, Mother Russia comes to me. Speaking words of wisdom, Kofifi. Nobody likes you, nobody cares. Nobody wants you, nobody cares. To extend a greeting, a connecting lands Life is just a jaded game to them. They will give it
0: a change.